This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, and this is the Ageless and Awesome podcast. I'm an age-defying naturopath and clinical nutritionist, and I'm here to bust myths around women's health and aging so that you can be ageless and awesome in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. The Ageless and Awesome podcast is dedicated to helping women through perimenopause and menopause with great health, a positive mindset, and outrageous confidence. Hit subscribe or follow now, and let's get started. Hello, gorgeous one, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast. And this is uh, number two in my little series on perimenopause and brain health, brain fog, all of the things. Now, I am recording this podcast in a thunderstorm. We're getting a real series of thunderstorms over a number of days up here in the Gold Coast and Queensland generally. So forgive me if you can hear thunder in the background. And I do have my little dog on my lap. He's very scared and he's panting a lot. So hopefully that's not coming through the microphone. So anyway, that's what's going on with me right now. Um, As I talk to you this week on the microbiome, essentially. So this is following up from last week's episode. So last week was all about brain fog, and I'm not going to go too deep into the what about what brain fog is because we covered that last week. So go back and listen to that app if you haven't yet, and then come back and listen to this one, which follows straight on from it. So today I'm talking about the microbiome. And as I mentioned last week, really looking after your microbiome and your gut health is a huge part of this. And so I wanted to spend a little bit of time just initially talking about, you know, how do we know that poor gut health can lead to brain fog? Well, I'll give you some examples. So 
People that have certain food intolerances, um, and I'm actually going to use a pretty extreme example, which is celiac disease. We know when people have newly diagnosed celiac disease, particularly as adults, where it's taken usually a while to get that diagnosis, once they start their treatment plan, which is essentially... um, to remove gluten from the diet, they see quite a rapid improvement in brain fog. And same with another really common gut condition called SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. I treat quite a lot of that. And it's also associated with brain fog. And I've seen that so many times when I'm working with clients and we're healing their SIBO, their improvement in clarity of thought is dramatic. Same as when I get people started on my GLOW protocol, when they actually start to eat the diet that matches their body's biochemistry, they're eating those whole foods that are going to be reducing inflammation in the body and improving their gut health, they see a noticeable within two weeks, very fast, uh, improvement in their clarity of thought and a lifting of the brain fog. And many of these women don't even know they have brain fog, which is one of the the things with brain fog. It's so insidious. It creeps up on you. So you don't actually realize you have it sometimes until it goes away. So um, these are a couple of examples of, of the things that happen when we heal the gut and we see that improvement in the brain and the brain health, the brain fog. So what is this cause? Like we know we have this gut brain connection, right? So it's a physical, chemical, microbial, electrical connection. We have a nervous system in our gut called the enteric nervous system. We have the vagus nerves, nerve rather, that connects our brain to our gut. And it's a, it's a two-way connection between the gut and the brain. And some examples of that are if you start thinking about your favorite food, If you start thinking about your favorite food and really thinking about how it smells, how it looks, how it tastes, you'll notice your mouth will start watering and you may even get a little bit of a stomach rumble and you might start to feel hungry. And that's uh, called the cephalic response. So that's the brain preparing the gut to receive food because we're thinking about it or because we're smelling it or whatever. So that's one example of of that that all of us will experience probably on a daily basis. Um, Another example is, you know, if you get nervous when you've got to give a presentation or something like that, or you've got something, a conversation you have to have with someone that you're not sure how it's going to go and you get nervous, it's that gut-brain connection in action. And you've got to remember that when we're talking about gut health and our microbiome, our microbiome is massive. You know, it always blows my mind. And I know I've said this on the podcast many, many times when I do pods on uh, gut health is that we have more bacteria and micro, I should say microorganisms because our, our microbiome is actually bacteria, viruses, fungi, um, a number of different types of microorganisms. It's not just bacteria. So when we're talking about our microbiome and all of the microorganisms within that, there's actually more of those cells than there are cells in our human body. Okay, I'm going to say that again. We have more bacterial or sorry, microbiome, microbial, (laughs) I'll get it right, cells uh, in our body than actual human cells. So it's kind of like we are our microbiome's human rather than we have a microbiome. 
And so it has a huge influence on many, many, many aspects of health. So the big one, when we look at a cause of um, uh, the brain fog is dysbiosis. So dysbiosis is an imbalance in the beneficial and the not so beneficial bacteria. We used to call these good bacteria and bad bacteria. We don't do that anymore. So it's good bacteria and sorry, beneficial bacteria and non-beneficial bacteria. So if we have an imbalance in that, then we can get inflammation in the gut and we can get this brain fog. Um, And the kind of things that can cause this dysbiosis are if you have a high sugar diet, high processed foods, lots of takeaway foods, low fiber, um, low whole foods just generally. If you're taking antibiotics, that's going to impact your microbiome and can cause dysbiosis. Stress is a factor as well. Um, And food intolerances are also a factor. So there's a whole bunch of them. And some chronic diseases are also. There's many, many, many causes of dysbiosis. They're probably the top ones that I've just mentioned there. And when you think about it, most of us are probably experienced um, almost all of those, if not all, and sometimes many at once. So that's a really big thing. You can see how easily um, we can get that dysbiosis happening in our gut. And another cause of the brain fog is something called neuroinflammation. So inflammation of nerves. And menopause is a time when women become more susceptible of, of this, to this rather. And gut health is a big part of it. And I think that's, again, another thing when I talk about with the GLOW protocol and metabolic balance that we're reducing inflammation in the body, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's brain inflammation, it's joint inflammation, it's gut inflammation, and that's why people feel so much better so quickly. Uh, Other possible causes are things like environmental toxins, and we're exposed to that every single day. Uh, Food additive reactions, if you have Um, intolerance to certain food additives, then that can definitely cause uh, brain fog. Hormonal changes, which is what I talked about last week, medication side effects, anemia, um, gosh, depression, alcohol, dehydration, all of these things. And I just wanted to put a little caveat here. When I'm talking about things like prescription medications causing dysbiosis or antibiotics causing dysbiosis, I'm not saying don't take them at all. Not at all. If you need your medications and your antibiotics, please, please take them. They're fantastic. As you know, I've spent half my career in the pharmaceutical industry, and I believe we need certain medicines at certain times. Um, At the same time, I believe we also need to be doing things from our dietary point of view, from our stress management point of view, from that holistic approach to the the health of the mind and the body in order to achieve health and not just rely on medications, but absolutely they can be super helpful. So I just wanted to put that there so no one's going off their medications uh, because of this podcast. This is not medical advice, okay? This is just um, purely for educational and entertainment purposes. All right. Um, So these are, I've listed a whole bunch of possible reasons that you may have issues in your gut. But how do you know for sure? How do you know for sure? So let's talk about what kind of symptoms you may experience in your gut that really need to be addressed. Um, I'm just going to list off a whole bunch and have a think about how many might actually apply to you. So bloating is a big one. Bloating is gas. Bloating is your 
um, microbiome overproducing gas because they're not happy. So if you have bloating, whether it's in the upper part of the belly, above the navel, the lower part of the belly, below the navel, it has different causes. There may be different symptoms and it needs to be addressed. Even if you're waking up in the morning and that bloating is all gone, it still needs to be addressed because it's not normal to, you know, walk around with a big distended tummy to have your pants not fitting you towards the end of the day. Not normal. Okay. Uh, if you have excessive burping, if you have excessive flatulence, if you have very smelly flatulence, if you have diarrhea, constipation, mucus on the toilet paper, blood on the toilet paper, undigested food in the stool, not corn, corn, nobody will, will, uh, uh, digest. So that's fine. Um, but other foods shouldn't be present. And one of some of the things that people often will say to me is they'll see green leaves and tomato skins and, and things like that. So if you're seeing that, that's not normal. It means you're not digesting things properly. And it's not just, oh, well, that's okay. It'll just come out the other end. The problem is that then that food is coming down into your digestive tract further and further along in a format that it's not supposed to be in. If it's if you're seeing, you know, full leaves of spinach, for example, in your stool, that was supposed to be digested. And things like that that are going past your gut bacteria are going to contribute to the bloating because they're going to over-ferment. Um, so, oh gosh, I think that was pretty much the list. I'm just, there may be others, of course. Oh, pain, that was, I haven't addressed pain. So there may be pain. So whether that's pain immediately before a bowel movement, that's relieved by a bowel movement, or there's unexpected pain, um, pain that's random. Again, that's not normal and needs to be addressed. There is something that I encourage you to Google. It's called the Bristol stool chart. The Bristol stool chart is a, basically a, a chart of poo that tells you um, what it helps you describe what your poo looks like and therefore understand if it is actually normal or not. And what we're looking for on that chart, if you Google it, is a three or a four. That's poo goals. If it's a one or a two, so it's a more constipated type, you probably need more water. You might need more fiber. If you uh, have like a five, six or a seven, then they're more of that looser type of stool, then that means different things as well. So it definitely needs to be assessed. And it is not normal, even if it has been, you know, years and years of you having a five or a six or a one on your Bristol chart it's still not normal, even though it's maybe your normal. And I remember having a discussion. I had a GP who was a client of mine and uh, she came to me and she'd had, she came to me actually for anxiety, but she'd had diarrhea for seven years. And when we were talking through that and I said, oh gosh, you know, what have you done to investigate that? And she's like, oh no, that's just normal for me. And I'm like, mm, no, that's not normal. And she kind of dismissed what I said and said, no, no, that's normal for me. And we just moved on. And then I got her to do a food journal, which included looking at the Bristol chart every day. And she came back to me two weeks later and went, oh, that's really not normal, is it? So, you know, often when you sit and you track what's going on in your body, in your digestive tract particularly, then you can really start to go, okay, there's probably some things I'm putting up with that have become normal for me that really are not normal. And it's, it's not just affecting your digestive health. You may not, it's not just the fact that, oh, my pants are tighter at the end of the day or, oh, I get heartburn or, or I've got excess burping. And oh, isn't it funny that, you know, 
I do all these smelly farts. Um, there's something going wrong in the body and it will affect your brain. It will affect many, many other parts of your body. So what I really strongly encourage you to do is just track for one week, just seven days. Google the Bristol stool chart and every day when you go to the loop, write down what's your number. What's your number? Or the bathroom, sorry, if you don't, if, for my American listeners, the loo uh, is the bathroom. So when you pass a bowel motion, have a look at the Bristol stool chart and, and track that every day. Track your bloating, track your stress level out of 10, track your, um, any gas that's being produced, such as your flatulence, such as your burping, um, any pain in the abdomen. Also track whether you're hungry when you wake up in the morning, because that tells us a lot about what's going on in with your stomach acid and your ability to digest your food. And once you have all of that data, take it to a health professional that knows what to do with that data. You know, um, I'm more than happy to look at it if you want to book in an appointment with me. I, at the moment, my books are closed to individual appointments. I, I'm only working in the GLOW protocol because I'm pretty busy with that. Um, but, you know, feel free to message me, uh, particularly if you're in Australia, I might be able to direct you to someone that can help you. Or if you are wanting to uh, talk to me about the GLOW protocol, I'm more than happy because we do in that holistic program, as well as weight loss and as well as hormone balancing, gut health is a huge focus. So we can definitely sort out those sorts of symptoms. And often when we sort out those sorts of symptoms, that's when the brain fog improves. When the clarity of thought comes back, we feel less frustrated, that forgetfulness dis- disappears sometimes overnight. It's really quite extraordinary. Um, so the kind of things that you can do to support good gut health is please don't take random big doses of probiotics. The probiotics market at the moment is huge and you don't need to take them if you don't have a specific issue with your gut. And while sometimes you may feel better initially, it can do some real long-term um I don't want to use the word damage. Let's just say it can cause some long-term problems if you're on it all of the time. You are way better to feed your good gut bacteria, your beneficial bacteria. So that's prebiotic foods. It's generally high fiber foods like sweet potato and onions and garlic and um, apples and, you know, just Google prebiotic foods and you will find lists for days of all these fantastic foods that actually feed up your good gut bacteria. And that is way more sustainable than taking probiotics. Because the other thing when you're taking probiotics, they are, once you stop taking them, they are gone from your body in around 10 days. We know that for sure. When I'm using probiotics as a practitioner, it will be research specific strains for specific health conditions. And we do it to affect change while at the same time, we're instituting some dietary changes that support the gut and reducing the inflammation in the gut. So it is a very um, specific protocol that I use to do that. I'm not just saying, oh, go and buy some, you know, huge amounts, like 100 billion probiotics in a capsule. That is not going to do you any favors in the long run. So um, those two things, looking after your good gut bacteria and feeding them up is probably the best ones I can give you, actually. 
as well as monitoring your own gut health, but also reducing your risk of metabolic syndrome because we know that that has a real impact on our brain fog as well. So maintaining a healthy weight is paramount. In particular, your fat storage around your torso, so your waist measurement is really important. Um, so even if you're not someone that likes to weigh yourself, and I totally understand many of us have not great associations with weight and weighing ourselves, but taking a waist measurement can be very, very helpful because a lot of us do not have baggage attached to a waist measurement. So we know if your waist measurement is hundred centimeters or more, you will probably got a degree of insulin resistance. So we need to get that waist measurement down to really improve your cardiovascular risk, um, getting it to around 80 centimeters. Actually, the ideal, this makes it very personalized, is whatever your height is, your waist measurement should be no more than half your height. So there, there you go. You can work that one out for yourself. And if it's more than half your height, you need to do something to bring it down. And I can help you with that. Um, also things like managing your blood glucose is important, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, all of those sorts of things, which are things I address in the GLOW protocol. So I hope that's been helpful in today's episode. I didn't want to get too technical, but I really wanted to encourage you to look after your gut health. If you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. Uh, and I haven't recorded Thursday's Q and a app yet, so I would love to hear from you. I could definitely address that as early as this Thursday. Just message me at Susie garden wellness, or you can email me hello at susiegarden.com. Have a great week and I will see you on Thursday. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Ageless and Awesome podcast. If you liked today's episode, please make sure you click the little plus button if you're on Apple Podcasts or the follow button if you're on Spotify so that you can get each new episode delivered to you every single week. If you like free stuff and who doesn't, then head over to suzygarden.com and grab my eight essential age-defying secrets every woman over 40 should know right now. Or if you'd like to continue the discussion, head over to Instagram and DM me at Wellness. I'd love to connect with you.